0: we are recording um hi welcome to the pre-law land podcast i'm brooke errett i'm a criminology major and psychology minor on a pre-law track at florida state university and i'm an intern with the evan guffrey law firm and mr barberry if you want to introduce yourself
1: patrick Barbary. i was an attorney for over 20 years i was a prosecutor for three and doing criminal defense and family law for the rest of the time i retired about eight years ago which was the best thing I did, though I really enjoyed my the, the ride while I was an attorney Practiced in Brevard County, Florida um, the, the whole time did a little federal work, not much but mostly uh, uh, state criminal cases and a little family law.
0: Awesome, thank you. I'm from Brevard too, so nice to talk to someone you know from the same area. Um, so I will start on the questions um, so. Where are you from and um, like when and why did you decide to become a lawyer?
1: I moved from France when I was 24 years old. Um, I opened a few restaurants in Florida. I got screwed by some business people in the field. So I decided I want to become a judge. went back to school um, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s. And I uh, went to uh, start with a mini master at BCC, at the time was BCC and went on to, I uh, completed my, uh, my associate degree, my AS in one year, then I went to Rollins, completed my bachelor in an, another year. So in two years, I completed the four years and then I applied to different law school and I went to Stetson because it was the same idea as Rollins, it's a small college at the time it was affordable i don't know what it is now but uh it was reasonable at the time and i did it as fast as i could because the cost was the same for me and since i was not in my early 20s i just need to get it done and start becoming productive again
0: that's awesome yeah i remember um i applied to stetson for undergrad it's probably a little more pricey now than yeah
1: probably everything is a little crazy now
0: yeah. But now
1: you have, to, you have to account for the safe spaces and all these things, you
0: know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, what was the best or worst um, non-law job and what did it teach you? Well, I,
1: uh, I developed uh, restaurants. I uh, owned uh, five, one at a time. I uh, was always excited by the process of uh, starting, getting the land, developing the restaurant, the menu. Training everybody, and then I quickly got bored when it was like the uh, the daily uh, the daily management. So I kind of moved on from one to the other, and uh, I never really finished high school. I think I stopped one year before high school, went into architecture when I was in my 18, 19 year old, and that allowed me to get here. My uh, the, the the equivalency of uh, finishing high school, so I was able to get back into uh, into college pretty quickly, and uh, I clapped a few uh, French classes, and so that's why I was able to complete pretty quickly my uh, my law degree.
0: Awesome, yeah. Um, so, how did you prepare for the LSAT and um, like choose which law school you attended?
1: Um, I, there were two, two uh, at the time. There were two, two brands. There was MBNR, MBNR, and um, the other one with SI in there. The, uh, there was bar There were two main. Uh, and since I never failed at anything before, I kind of took it lightly. So I failed my first bar exam. Uh, I spent too much time fishing, I guess, uh, to, instead of preparing. But it didn't really matter because at the time I was interning for the state attorney's office, and I could remain as an intern. So I, the next time I prepared, prepared, and when I took the bar the second time, I already had about ten jury trials under my belt. So, um, but the second time I passed.
0: That's awesome! Yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, I think the
1: MBNR at the time, and I don't know who it is now, but I think MBNR was a little better. I graduated in '93, so that gives you a reference frame.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Best worst or craziest law school story that you can talk about.
1: Well, I was in law school for about less than a week. And we had an assignment and to complete the assignment. They were like two of the same books available in the library. And imagine that that the first one who got to the book hid the book so that the other would be at a disadvantage. And that really gave me a pretty bad taste. So I wrote a letter to the class that I distribute to everybody and say, well, you know, if lawyers have a bad reputation, you may understand why that after four days in law school, you start to do these stupid games. I was a little older than most when I went to law school since I graduated in 93. So it must have been 91. I was uh, 91, 57. Yeah, I was older than the, the average, but it was pretty upsetting. But otherwise, uh, that was uh, one one bad taste in my mouth. The other the other taste in my mouth was that I saw a lot of young young people getting these student loans and spending it at Macy's and things like that. And but that was their problem, not mine. Uh, so that was my uh, my loss so, but it. was very nice. Uh, in fact, the the last a semester, I, I, I did the, my law school experience in two and a half years. So basically five semesters. My last semesters I was interning in Brevard as a prosecutor and I was driving to St. Pete one day a week. So it was uh, pretty much, it was two full years and half a year I- interning and it was kind of a real life experience,
0: Yeah,
1: much better than law school.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely good to, like, get, you know, get your foot in the door and work in the field than being a class, being in a classroom sometimes. Exactly. All right. Um, What was your first big success as a lawyer?
1: Well, when I started as an intern, I was a prosecutor and I really enjoyed what I was doing. And I remember that the, the day before I was going to take the bar for the second time, so I was still a, an intern. I was at the time practicing in Rockledge in front of Judge Majid. And uh, I had a, a case against a very well-known criminal defense attorney at the time. I uh, was very into theatrics and jumping around. And, but it was eff- efficient and very good reputation. And I had not passed the bar yet. And we had a DUI trial, and by 3 or 4 in the afternoon, his family was in the pew, and uh, we finished the trial, and his client was guilty, and I didn't have my, uh, my bar exam passed yet at the time, and he was pretty upset when he told the guy, well, don't worry, we're going to appeal. He said, well, you also told me that we're going to win this one, so I don't need to appeal. So <laughs> at the end of the day, and then I drove to St. Pete to take the bar the next day, so... That's memory.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Pretty big. Money. There's a lot of
1: cases, prosecutors, that case I, I felt I didn't want to prosecute because I didn't trust the victims. Right. And since it's a political position, you don't always do what you want to do. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do, but we had ways around it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what was your least favorite part or the most challenging part of being a lawyer?
1: Politics. Politics is the worst. Is uh, Sadly, uh, judges are mostly elected. So once you're, and state attorneys also, uh, once you're elected, you, you lose uh, some spontaneity. And uh, so politics was not very, I hated it. In fact, at the end, I, uh, I started reacting to it in a ways where I decide, well, maybe it's just time to retire. You had a good ride, you enjoyed it. I did. a, I had a good time. I really enjoyed criminal law, particularly because every case is a different story, and I was pretty good at it. Awesome.
0: Um, how did you not let law, like, essentially, take over your life and kind of balance work and? Very,
1: it- very easy. It's all in the head, you know. You uh, you fake being upset when you're in court. You 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 but uh, basically you can't let it affect you. I did sometimes with certain cases and sadly the worst cases where I really felt that the person should not be prosecuted when I was a defense attorney. I was charging the least and I was spending the most time and working the hardest because I was pretty much about justice, you know, and and I, so that was the worst, politics. If we could get rid of that, it'd be great, but it's not gonna happen. (laughs)
0: sadly not sadly not sadly not um all right what is something that you did as a lawyer that allowed you to make a difference in people's lives
1: i was always very honest and it probably cost me a lot of money because i was telling the people the way it was if they didn't need my help i tell i told them if i knew they'd be screwed either way i told them to get somebody that's cheaper or get, you know, a public defender, if they could. Uh, and uh, family law, same thing. People came for a divorce. I say, guys, this is how it's going to work. What you've accumulated while you were together, you're going to split. What's not being commingled, you're going to keep. So this is the issue you need to address. Go back to your wife or go back to your husband. See if you can negotiate a deal because it's going to be much cheaper than spending money on me and the difference between me and others is that a lot of attorneys create a fight because they you know their interest and the party's interest is opposite the more money they can the more time they spend that's not needed the more money they're going to be making i couldn't do that you know people come and retain me for criminal case where i know that the person was going to prison there was no no way and that was one of the cases i want to discuss with you eventually was that Mm -hmm. there was a a sex case with the 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 boy went smartly to walmart and printed a kiddie porn where he was on the picture okay the machine at uh, the printing machine at walmart ran out of paper so what he did he took the picture that were printed and left but guess why when they put the paper in the printer in the machine (laughs) well the, the rest of the picture came about Okay. So that's the evidence. So the mom comes and say, can you help my son? I say, no, he's screwed because the case is going to go like that. This is the defendant. This is a two-year-old. Okay. So he's going to go to prison. So yeah. there's no need to, uh, and if everybody tells you differently, well, they're going to be lying to you. She says, well, that's not what I want to hear. I say, well, that's what you're going to hear from me. So she left and she hired some, uh, high high fees uh, lawyers, liars, and who promised the world, and she mortgaged the house and paid 50 grand. And guess what, 90 days later, 180 days later, who was on TV pleading to prison? The guy, you know, it's just, uh, sometimes people don't want to hear what's... Another thing also that I didn't lie to my client ever, which makes my life very easy, but I told my clients, You know, if I don't wanna know something, I won't ask you. But if I ask you and you lie to me, you're gonna screw yourself, not me. Right. You know, and that's very important. If your clients try to hide things from you, I say, I'm your best juror. So if you try to hide things from me, it's not gonna work in your advantage. Yeah.
0: That's crazy about the case and they hired stuff. Oh
1: yeah, oh there's plenty of cases like that. There were cases where I was, I had two girls who were charged with attempted murder and uh, I tried to help them with a very low fee because I felt that was complete, uh, completely fake stories. And I had to reinvestigate the story myself, but this case ended up leading to misdemeanor, uh, disorderly conduct with a withhold of adjudication so they could see the record and the whole case could disappear. So there's, you know, a lot of things, but depending on the type of cases you're dealing with, you, uh, you may hear some noise around because this is a farm here now. It's a you're firm good. in Panama you, you, you're dealing with, so.
0: You're good. Um, so what is one misconception the public has about lawyers that you would like to clear up?
1: That it's about justice. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with justice. It has to do with the system, a political system. And sometimes it's uh, justice and sometimes it's not justice. But uh, it's, if you think it's the, the, you know, the judicial system, uh, or the jury system—that's another thing. You know, oh yeah, a jury of your peers, and people believe that the jury system is the panacea. It's not. You know, in fact, uh, on both sides, when you're prosecutors and when you're defense attorney, you realize that some jurors are just—you uh, know, there was a prosecutor in Miami you called them lobotomized the zombies. You can overgeneralize, but sometimes you just—you uh, know. They, they focus on the color of the tie of the lawyer they like. Or mm-hmm. so the jury system is a joke. The, uh, the uh, grand jury is a joke. You know, people believe that, oh, you've been indicted by the grand jury. That must be true. Or you've been not indicted by the grand jury. That must be, uh, no. The grand jury is a, a, a device for the state to get a result they seek. Because you have me at the state, so right. you have a prosecutor with a bunch of uh, people listening to you, and you pick and choose the evidence you release to them, and there's no other party. Say, "Whoa, whoa, excuse me, but what about that?" No, so you just release exactly the information you want to reach a certain result, and you get that result, and then you can displace the blame for charging or not charging on the grand jury. So that's another people, another system that the people are not really aware uh, as to how it functions.
0: For sure, like I know I personally just in my school, like I know my senior year of high school and like kind of some now, I did some research on wrongful conviction cases, I did a whole project on wrongful convictions and the death penalty, like have you had like any cases where like you thought someone was innocent or there was like any wrongful convictions or because I know
1: uh, death penalty cases, but I had a lot lot of murders. Mm -hmm. I had a murder where uh, it was interesting because the kid was a Marine and his father was a scumbag. And somehow in a drunken stupor, his father had raped his mother and it came about and the father was drunk and the kid just punched him twice and killed him, accidentally, but killed him. So that was a murder. Mm -hmm. And uh, you couldn't go to trial because yes, it was a murder, it was accidental, it was manslaughter. But So this case, I had to plead to the court, but believe it or not, the 17 witnesses was all on the side of the accused and zero witnesses were on the side of the state. So the state had to agree, well, judge, in this case, you may want to go easy on the, the, the guy because everybody, the ex-wife, the, uh, the kids, the brother, the sister, the, the uncle, everybody was on the side of the accused. So the judge gave him two years in prison. So, hmm. Yeah, That's really
0: interesting. So what is your favorite depiction of lawyers in like books or um, TV or movies? Um, uh, if you have one, because...
1: Yeah, yeah, there's a series on TV, Boston Legal. That's very amusing.
0: I don't think I've not seen, seen it.
1: Well, Boston Legal. It's a must-see.
0: Got it. I will yeah. add to my list. Um, do you have any book recommendations or books you have learned a lot about law from?
1: No, there's two books that I would recommend to read. It's one L. Well, but everybody reads that. Scott Turow. And another book on uh, psychology. It's called Feeling Good, Dr. Burns. It's a book on cognitive psychology because lawyering... Is two things. It's communicating skills and psychology. Right. If you master these two things.
0: Yeah.
1: And honesty. Honesty.
0: Honesty. I'm yeah. going to write that book down at the, before we end. I'll make sure I write that down because that sounds really interesting. Um, let's see.
1: Well, you so, know what the thing is about honesty? When you never lie, mm-hmm. you only remember facts. So it's very easy to study, to be steady about what you, what you state and remember exactly what you say, because your memory is the fact when people lie. And there's a lot of people that are dishonest. Um, they make up a story. So it's not a fact already. So there's already two set of facts or three set of facts. And they're not very smart either. So they don't remember which set of facts they recited. Right. So you usually catch them in the lie within a, within an hour and uh, but you know another thing i'd like to mention about us is that in brevard we had a very good bar you have different regions that have different kind of bars and in my my over 20 years of practicing there i was lied by a lawyer once in brevard
0: that's awesome Go
1: because when you make an agreement between lawyers you have an agreement yeah you know you shouldn't have to write it down say well this is what we agreed and it's clear and it's clear but once in, uh, in over 20 years, I was lied to by a, a lawyer who was, was a lawyer working for the government or the
0: city. So, let's see, um, if you could change or eliminate um, one law, what would it be?
1: Hmm. The, the minimum penalties, maybe, if it still applies.
0: Yeah, I think in some states.
1: Yeah, minimum, <laughs> minimum penalties. And the cases that are automatically adjudicated. For example, um, if you deal with a DUI, by statute you're adjudicated. Once you're adjudicated guilty in a DUI, formula, you're not going to be able to seal or expunge any record at all, ever. So I'll give you an example. Somebody was charged with an att- attempted murder and the case was dropped. You should be able to seal the case and then expunge it.
0: Yeah.
1: So that when people research you, they don't find an attempted murder who was charged by error. You may have been falsely arrested, You're the wrong person. Well, let's assume that three years down the road, you get arrested and charged and, and prosecuted for DUI or plead guilty to DUI. By statute, you must be adjudicated. Once you adjudicate a DUI, you cannot seal the attempted murder was a completely false charge. Right. So the, the systematic adjudication, I think, is a mistake too. And at the time I was practicing, they didn't have the pre uh, trial. I think in Orlando, when I left, they had the way to deal with DUI's pre trial and avoid that scar of an, an adjudication on your record.
0: Yeah definitely think they should seal records for stuff like that, and minimum sentencing laws have just kind of it been... It should be
1: automatic. Yeah. If the case is dropped by the state, it should be automatically expunged and removed completely.
0: Because then, like, how do they get a job and stuff in the future? Exactly. Record, you know. And then they're more likely to commit a crime later, and then, you know, it's this whole cycle. Just not good. Um, so... I know you said you retired now because this question is like, do you have any plans or goals um, <laughs> yeah.
1: outside? My was that my, my dad had, had died very early. He was 56 when he died. So I had planned to retire at 56 because, uh, you know, every year is, uh, and when I told my partner I was retiring, Clay, I think you talked to Clay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told him, well, Clay, I'm, my time, I'm going, I told you, he said, I thought you were kidding. He said, no, I'm not kidding. So I say, well, I'm going to stay another year, but in one year, day for day i'm gone and i i retired seven or eight years ago Mm -hmm. in december and the next day i moved to panama so i've been in panama since farming i'm a farmer now
0: (laughs) hey awesome yeah all right um last official question so best wisdom or life advice you have ever received
1: um always be honest with yourself and with others
0: very true
1: and if you can but not everybody can you know when you get to my age and not employed by anybody you can lose your filters completely sadly when you work as a judge or when you work for somebody you cannot always express what you feel so that's why when you talk to judges who have retired how refreshing it is because now they don't care they can just express themselves but during that time uh, that tenure they could not so you know, as much as you can, always say what you think. Either people like it or not.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't always say what you think. Thank you for talking with me. Um, if you have anything else you want to say, really quick, and no, I hope
1: it helps you, uh, Brooke, and I wish you the best. Yeah, one thing that you may you may have uh, overlooked is what's the best way to start in the field. I think the best way is to get an internship.
0: Mm-hmm. You get
1: an internship with the state or the public defender or a judge, because it's really, really well. That's how I got my first job, to an internship. You know, I worked for free for six months, but then after that, I, I was uh, I was with the state, and that's where I learned the most. I yeah. I you before I finished, uh, I passed the bar. I had ten jury trials done, so.
0: For sure, that's, yeah.
1: That's the best thing. So, what yeah. do you plan to do?
0: Um, well, I'm in my third year now, so hopefully over the summer I'm going to take the LSAT and then start. Have you practice. done? Yeah.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Um, you know I'm in my internship with um Evan Guthrie Law Firm right now. What and,
1: kind of law do they practice?
0: Um, he does kind of a mix. He does some family law, um, criminal law, kind of stuff like that. He's not in Brevard. He's in South Carolina. So I'm, Uh, my job is basically, I'm a virtual, like, legal research intern. So I write articles on legal topics I'm interested about. So it's kind of nice, like, because COVID, I'm kind of stuck at home. So it's nice to at least get some experience as much as I can in this weird time. But like, yeah, very strange. But I know, like you said, with the state and stuff, like, I've always wanted to intern with, like, um, the FBI or something like that. So and it's good
1: to intern with one side. You know, when I, I was a prosecutor for three years, I was on the other side for the rest of the time. You know both, both sides function.
0: Right. And I think it's
1: very interesting to know a both sides function.
0: For sure. Like, I think if you just kind of focus on one side, you kind of lose the perspective of the other. So totally. it's interesting to see how both work. And
1: it's really, it's really true because when I was a prosecutor, I thought I could never be on the other side. I thought I could never defend these scumbags. And uh, well, trust me, you know, it took me about a weekend to adjust and readjust and switch from prosecutor to defense attorney. And your, your mind quickly uh, resets.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm still not sure which, like, one I would want to do once, you know, I pass the bar and get through law school and all that. I'm still not sure, like, which one I'd want to do as my career. But I kind of want to try both, like you did. Yeah.
1: Try start, I think I suggest you start with the state attorney's office. I tell you why. Because sadly when you start with the, defen- the the public defender, you do the same job, but you have clients who are not paying you and not respecting you and very demanding. And you know, they're only sometimes that they're hard to, to deal with when they pay you. So when when you work for the public defender, they really don't treat you right. So it's better when you're a prosecutor, you have that kind of a wall in between and you're more respected. So I think if you start and you're able to get into the state attorney's office, it would be better to start from that end.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, I will yeah. definitely look into that as you know, time goes on and I'm able to do that and hopefully as COVID goes away. Um, what was the name of the um, cognitive psychology book you said? I just wanna write it it's down. It's called it. Feeling
1: Good. Dr. Burns. It's a yellow paper cover, and it's a book on cognitive psychology. And I've recommended it to many, many friends, and it did help a lot of friends.
0: Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I will stop the recording. Um, It's awesome. Let me make sure I stop that. I've never recorded on Zoom before.